Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom and Chris Ballas on a Thursday with, what, 16 days until Michigan kicks off its season. So here we go. It is really coming. We've been saying that for a while, but uh, it is very, very close to being here. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like the video, hit that thumbs up. If you're excited for Michigan's 2023 season, the number two Wolverines heading in in both the AP and the coaches poll, subscribe to our channel. And as always, head to thewolverine.com for all of your Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting coverage. Fellas, how's it going today? Great. It's a little rainy here, a little dark. Had to yep. turn on all the lights so you, uh, so you could see me. Sorry to anybody watching, but uh, here we are, man. And uh, it's like you said, 16 days. I can't wait. Yeah, it's a little gloomy outside. Um, you know, we're kind of getting to that point of fall camp where you're just kind of itching for it to be game week. Uh, I feel like with this roster, and we'll talk about all this, but it feels like it, it's been a mostly low-key camp for the most part. There's been some movement in some areas, which we'll get to. But um, I'll stop short of saying it's the dog days, but uh, – we're our, I mean, we're being pulled in so many directions right now, you guys. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it feels like we are mid season already. So, uh, excited for actual games here. The, the closer we get to that, the less it becomes about some of that off field stuff, the Harbaugh stuff with the NCAA. Let's just talk ball and play some ball. Yep. Extremely exciting. Uh, we are brought to you today by Home Field Apparel, the premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. Homefield has a commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. There are over 150 colleges to choose from, including your Michigan Wolverines. Homefield is dedicated to delving into the archives and history of Michigan to discover unique logos and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed products. Homefield is perfect for showing off team pride as college football returns. Head to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code Wolverine23. That's one word, Wolverine23, for 15% off your first order. If you're watching on YouTube, you see some of the products there. You got old school stuff, Rose Bowl. Um, Anthony, you are a big home field guy. What do you think about the new drop they just released? Uh, I'm a fan. I just, uh, they, they gave me some credit to go shop around the store a little bit and I uh, grabbed a 1992, I think it was the Rose Bowl or, or Big Ten Champions shirt. Because How do we get this uh, credit? Yeah. What, uh, what, listen, what else? Uh, it's grandfathered in. I mean, you got to you gotta be in the know. But uh, no, um, wow. yeah, so excited to um, excited to to partner with them, obviously. And um, yeah, I mean, my I have an entire drawer full of stuff from them dating back to, I think their initial drop was sometime in 2020. So, uh, and they've refreshed their their lines it seems like every year since then so a lot of cool stuff there from our friends at home field so homefieldapparel.com promo code wolverine 23 one word wolverine the numerals two three for 15 percent off your first order uh let's get into some official business here jim harbaugh's press conference the other day uh tuesday afternoon 
kind of the midway point of fall camp, uh, as we talked about, 16 days until the season. So it's game week uh, right around the corner as well. Uh, the first thing that you kind of notice when listening to him talk is just how focused he is on this season. He's asked about Washington and Oregon joining the Big Ten in 2024. Doesn't really have an opinion on it. Doesn't really have an opinion on being ranked preseason number two in both major polls. Uh, he's trying to do the things that his wife, Sarah, is asking him to do around the house. But he said, truthfully, he's just kind of locked in on this football team. He couldn't comment on the NCAA stuff as expected. Um, but he used the term locked in. He used the term focused for not just him, but the entire team. I mean, he was excited talking about the coaches being up there grinding on, on practice tape and trying to get the scripts ready for the next day uh, because Tuesday was an off day. He called, you know, he said that that an NFL, either scout or general manager that was through, called this a vibrant, you know, energy around the program. He described the first scrimmage that was just, you know, not flawless, but they were able to take everything they were doing on State Street, translate it to Main, Main Street, uh, and, you know, guys weren't forgetting things and all that. So it just feels like this team's in a really good place right now, and so is Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, he seemed relaxed and didn't seem to have a care in the world about this NCAA crap and everything else. And, uh, of course, there were a couple of people who asked the questions, you know, are you will this, you know, what uh, maybe encourage you to look at the NFL even harder next year, so on and so forth. And he wasn't biting on that. We knew who was going to ask it. Uh, we knew when it was going to be asked. It was asked and we knew what the response was going to be. So uh, he's happy about this football program and this team. Uh, what I would love to see is for them to put this behind them. There is still a chance, guys, uh, as the NCAA told ESPN, that, you know what, maybe something does happen this year in terms of a suspension with Jim Harbaugh. Maybe it's not expected at this point, but I know people are still talking. So uh, to me, that would be ideal. And then you sign Jim Harbaugh to his big deal. They are waiting on that until the NCAA stuff is resolved. So, and then to have him finish his career here for over the next 10 years would be perfect. So this thing's humming. And if they get the NIL where it needs to be, you look at this team now, everybody who's been at practice has said the same thing. This is a national championship caliber team. And of course, there are always going to be bumps in the road and things that can happen. But there's no question that this team is extremely talented on both sides of the ball and so deep. It's, it's pretty much, uh, you know, they got everything you're looking for. They check all the boxes. I mean, the mentality is there. The culture's there. I mean, you don't, you know, all this talk about NIL, like they don't have a roster full of guys that are just chasing a bag. Like it's all, all boats are, are rowing in the same direction uh, to borrow a, uh, a saying from our friend PJ Fleck. But um, yeah, the roster is as deep as it's been. I think they're as athletic as they've been. They're as big and as physical as they've been. So, you know, the fact that, you know, when when everyone is saying it, like it's not just a PR spin that this team is, is as locked in as it's been. I mean, uh, the fact that this camp has kind of been so low key is that, like I said, like I said before, you know, you, you have so many known commodities and you go back to even that team from 2021. There are guys still on this team that were big contributors back then. So uh, the fact that it does feel like a continuation and I know we've heard that comparison a few times it feel this feels like the third part of a three-part trilogy and i don't know if it ends like the last dance with michael jordan where you know they win a national title or they win a title and he's out i don't know if that's how it ends with harbaugh i don't know if they, you know harbaugh stays jj mccarthy stays you know this thing rolls into 2024 i don't know but all i know is that in the here and now this is as good and as well oiled a machine as i've ever seen uh michigan football um and again i was what four or five years old in 97 uh, and don't remember much of the nineties, but this is uh 
this is impressive the way they have this going right now. And and I I think the hype is justified. I'm starting to buy some of the hype in one position group in particular. There's a common denominator, it seemed like, from Saturday's scrimmage with, uh, you know, we talked about it on Monday, but Chris, your Intel piece from that uh, with Jim Harbaugh talking about some of the situational stuff they did on Monday. Same with the BTN analysts. And then again, Tuesday, Jim Harbaugh reiterating that the last couple of days, the defensive line in some of those situations at the goal line in short yardage situations uh, was getting the better of the offense line. He said maybe 51%, but it seemed to be kind of a consensus. Um, and, you know, we heard, we've heard a lot about Chris Jenkins this camp. You know, now he's trying to take that step to be an elite pass rusher. Zach Zinter called him that already. And Zach Zinter, one of the best guards, uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic thinks he's the best guard draft prospect this year, is saying that Chris Jenkins is, you know, kind of getting the better of him as he was knocking off the rust early on during fall camp. Um, but Mason Graham up there, you know, Jesse Minter thinks Kenneth Grant's going to be somebody that everybody knows about this year. Rayshon Benny gets talked about too, the way he's progressing. And then you have the edge guys as well. Uh, I'm starting to buy some of the hype in this defensive line and they're going against a really good O-line. You have to note that they're mixing and matching up there and we'll talk about some of the position battles, but either way, uh, I think it's impressive, you know, kind of what we've heard about that, that group. Yeah, Cam Good, too, has really come on from what we've heard. So you've got five guys there in on the defensive among the defensive tackles, and the freshmen are playing well as well. They're going to have to wait their turn. But you're going to see maybe a couple of those guys get some snaps and still be able to hang on to their red shirts. But with to me, I, I picked that group, guys, and I was it was a tough one. In the, in the football preview magazine coming out of spring, everything that we'd heard about the defensive line and Mason Graham's improvement, and, man, has he taken a step. And that guy was already a stud last year. Uh, Chris Jenkins and how far he's come. And then the edges, I had them number two as a position group behind the running backs uh, overall on this team. And I thought, should I really put them above the offensive line with those two guards coming back? And then we, I switched it a couple weeks ago into camp and then I switched it back. And I said, you know what, this defensive line I think is, is legit. So if they can get some guys rushing the passer up from the edges, it sounds like Jalen Harrell's playing well. It sounds like Josiah Stewart's going to be a beast as a pass rusher. So you get those guys are going to work. They you know, split some reps there and see what happens. And then Braden McGregor, and I still think Derek Moore has the most uh, upside of any of them as a pass rusher. If you had to pick one, guys, who would you pick as the as the leading sacks guy? Somebody actually asked that in chat today. I said it could be one of four guys. And you know what? And I think they're going to get some more from the interior too. Who would you pick, AB? Man. Yeah, that's tough because they're going to go four deep and it's not like even you look at last year and there were a, a couple guys clearly ahead in terms of the snap counts, but all those guys pretty much played a, about the same amount of snaps. So it's really just, you know, who who goes out and has a three sack game and that puts them ahead. And, and for me, I think it I, I think, you know, push comes to shove. I think it's probably Braden McGregor. I think he's just there are a lot of plays last year where it just felt like he was you know, maybe a fingertip away or just, just that close to finishing off a play. And, um, you know, it wasn't, again, he, he'll never be able to avoid the Aiden Hutchinson comparison. Um, and I make it here in the case of, you know, it took Aiden until his senior year to learn how to finish plays. And I don't think they could be the same caliber of guy. I think you're talking about a guy who's, you know, maybe on your Mount Rushmore of, you know, modern Michigan players, but I think Braden McGregor, um, you know, something just screams breakout year for him. And I liked what we saw last year. Just need to take it that next step further. And I think he can. Clay? I got a hot take. I think the guy with the best chance to lead this team. Let me guess. Let me guess. 
Chris okay. Jenkins? No, but okay. I mean, I heard Angelique with Borton and Crawford last week saying his goal is to get what seven or eight or something like that. Yeah, I mean, which might lead the team. Okay, right. so what's your hot take? Absolutely, Mike. Mike Morris at seven and a half last year did mm -hmm. was second in the Big Ten. So that could be, you know, one of those numbers. You're not going to have 14, 11 like Ojabo or Hutchinson and Ojabo. Two years ago, you know, you might. Josiah Stewart might be the have the best chance to lead this team in sacks for a couple of reasons. One, he is, you know, billed as a great pass rusher. It sounds like he's doing that already during camp, especially when you talk to the offensive linemen who are saying, yeah, he can really, you know, get he's not the biggest guy, but he can get low. It's kind of like Drake Nugent at center, almost the, you know, on the other side of the line where he's six foot one, you know, maybe a little bit undersized, but his pad level really helps. So I think Josiah Stewart, but on top of that, he's going to be out there for most of those passing downs. You know, when Jesse Minter was asked about the edges last week, he kind of talked about Braden McGregor and, and uh, Derek Moore on that one side, you know, it's kind of a toss up. We'll see maybe one guy will start one game. Next guy will start the next. But with the other side, you know, he kind of said Josiah, uh, Josiah Stewart, you know, really good against the pass. Jalen Harrell, really good against the run, becoming a more complete player. They're both going to play. I could see that side really being a true rotation based on situation. So I may go with him. Who who do you have if you had to yeah, one out of the four? I almost did. Um, and the only reason I didn't is because I think Jalen's going to get some of those opportunities too. I don't think they're going to take him off the field on all of them. And I think you're going to see Josiah Stewart playing some more on rundowns as well, at least in the early going. So, uh, so I picked Derek Moore just because I love his upside. I think the kid is an absolute animal. We saw what he did to uh, one of the tackles last year and running him over in the spring game, actually not last year, but in March or April. And uh, and he's he was so close last year so many times uh, in getting in that backfield and disrupting things. And now he's quicker. He's 20 pounds lighter. I think that he's going to be one of those guys that could approach uh, eight or nine. And I think that could be enough to lead this team. I like but it. I, yeah. But I came close to picking Stewart, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, the fact that be... we all named, you know, we all named three different guys. Just and it could be one. Of, it could be one of four. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. So, which is uh, fantastic and watch it be somebody like one of these interior linemen coming out of nowhere. And how are you going to double team Chris Jenkins when you got Mason Graham in there? Now Mason Graham has improved dramatically as a pass rusher. And what we heard the Intel that we provided, you can read it at the Wolverine.com is that the defensive line got much better of, you know, they were really disruptive in pass rush uh, when they were in there on Saturday in that scrimmage. So, uh, you're going to have to pick your poison guys on this team. I can't wait to see them unleash that defense on, on some of these teams. It's a great point. We've seen the last couple of years, you know, Mozzie and Chris Hinton, then Mozzie and Chris Jenkins last year. Um, but now you may have a true pick your poison spot where last year it was mm -hmm. pretty obvious. You're going to double team the guy that is built like a house, Mozzie Smith. Um, but now you got, you know, a freak in Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham there who seems to have taken the next step. So I think, you're right. Um, you know, it's going to be tough, some tough decisions for, you know, how they're going to play that opposing offenses. Um, edge, as we kind of talked about with that, I mean, I think it's truly going to be one of those position battles that goes into the season. Offensive tackle, Jim Harbaugh said likely the same way. He said probably corner and potentially center uh, the same thing. Your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, people complain about the season or, or the, the schedule, excuse me, not being – you know, what it maybe could be in the non-conference with marquee opponents, but this has given you another opportunity like they did at quarterback last year to kind of figure some things out not play it like a preseason game, but kind of play it like a preseason game in, in a couple different ways.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As long as it's the first two games and then by game three, you have to start developing that chemistry and you're like, okay, yep. uh, you guys are all equal. Whoever wins, you know, in terms of whoever shows best in these games, kind of like JJ and Cade last year is going to be the guy in game three and going forward, barring something, you know, crazy, barring a complete collapse in game three, because you've got to develop that chemistry on the offensive line. Number one, I think Drake Nugent's going to be the guy there, but I do think Greg Crippen's going to get a lot of reps in the first three games of the year, just because of the schedule and because of the opponents. So, but I do think Drake Nugent's the guy could be fascinating to see how he holds up against some of the bigger defensive linemen in the conference, because, you know, some have described him as better than Andrew Bastardis, not quite as uh, dominant powerfully as Olu Oluatimi as few were. However, he gets on you faster is what Mason Graham said. So he's tougher to deal with because you got to, you know, you got to combat that earlier. So I'm um, excited to see that. As for the corners, same thing. You know what? Um, that, that's not as important in my opinion. It's a guy, you know what, if a guy goes out there in game three that had won the job after two games and stinks it up, you can put another guy in there. Uh, and it's not so much chemistry as long as he's not making mental mistakes as it is physical ability. So, uh, but to me, that's where I am with the offensive line, especially and. I'm excited to see him play. I'm a little bit leery of Carson Barnhart at left tackle, although I love the kid. I think he's a great lineman. Uh, I just don't know that he's a great left tackle. But if he's the best you got, then he, you go with him. Look at John Runyon, for example. He's a guard in the NFL, but was an all-Big Ten left tackle. So I trust Jerome more, more than I trust me or anybody else to make these decisions. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and unlike like last year, you know, we talk about this Michigan method that Jim Harbaugh has now coined in terms of letting these battles go into the year. Um, You know, last year, obviously there are a lot, you know, there were huge ramifications on who winds up starting at quarterback. Uh, And to a lesser extent, I feel like that's the case on the offensive line. You want to get those guys locked in as soon as possible to get that chemistry down, to get those reps together. Um, but I feel like at the other spots, there is that fluidity. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Michigan, for as much criticism as it's drawn for, you know, these last two non-conference schedules, which is an athletic department move, not a Jim Harbaugh move. want to clarify that. Um, you know, they've, they're making the best use of it by essentially saying, hey, let's extend. I mean, they're game weeks, but let's extend camp for or in these battles for a couple more weeks. And, you know, I think they know the importance of chemistry and continuity and, and, you know, having those guys locked in when the games get the biggest. Um, I think that Harbaugh and his, and his staff have done a great job of kind of tailoring this non-conference slate the last few years to, to make sure, you know, I mean, you want to have as many questions answered as you can coming out of fall camp, but if you're unsure somewhere, there's no reason to lock guys in as starters in week one, just because you feel like you have to. Uh, and then you wait for a reason to put the other guy in, let it play out. Um, now, obviously you have to practice well to hit the field. Um, that's maybe the biggest data point there is, but some guys, you know, some guys just play better when the pressure is on or the lights are the brightest or, or when the popcorn's popping, uh, so mm-hmm. to speak. And, and that game performance is a data point to settle some of these battles. So, um, you know, for me, I think that the idea that nothing is decided, 
um, you know, your play will always decide if you're on the field or not, whether it's week one, whether it's week six, whether it's week 12, um, you know, that's, that's important um, for a team that, you know, has these championship aspirations because it always adds a little more juice and a little more edge to your preparation when you know that you have to keep fighting to, to earn your spot. No doubt. Uh, I want to talk about a couple injuries and then a couple guys who are rising up the depth chart as we close out. But before we do that, let's talk about our friends over at game time. Sometimes it's stressful when you're trying to find tickets. I know CB, you recently went to a Tigers game. Anthony, you've been to a couple Tigers games this summer. I'm planning on going to a Lions game. Already got a group text going about nice. that. Um, but it's it's a little bit stressful sometimes when you're trying to find the right price, how many you can get together, that sort of thing. Uh, I'm already stressed thinking about it, but buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and a best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. I used game time last year uh, for a Lions game. I know, Anthony, you you've used it in the past as well uh one of my favorite features the image of your seat so you are not going to be guessing especially when you're going into a stadium for the first time where your seat's going to be you'll get to see a picture of it again lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection job loss protection uh, and more with game time so you're going to have michigan games this fall you're going to have you know potentially mlb games wherever you live right now nfl nba coming up all that so you're going to want to go to Game Time. It's the best place for last-minute ticket deals. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Wolverine for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, the code Wolverine, twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account, redeem code Wolverine for twenty dollars off. Downtown, uh, download the Game Time app. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, we're also brought to you today by my perfect franchise are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the american dream looking for a side hustle while working your current job wanting to diversify build wealth and or leave a legacy well andy ludicky over at my perfect franchise can help andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises to fit their skill sets financial requirements time to commit and more his services are 100 free and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership Contact Andy Ludicky, www.myperfectfranchise.net. On the phone, 404-973-9901. Email Andy at myperfectfranchise.net and go to his website there. Book a time with him on his calendar. Uh, so thank you to My Perfect Franchise. Um, Amorian Walker, we saw him on crutches last week. We in included that in Inside the Fort. Last Friday, Jim Harbaugh saying that, that he has been out with something he hoped to get him back in four to five days. He said that on Tuesday. Um, then we got Josh Wallace talking to him yesterday as well. He said even that it's too early to tell who's the starter, gonna, you know, who the starter is going to be. We mentioned corner as one of those spots where, you know, Jim Harbaugh could rotate guys in first couple games and see who, who wins. But to me, you know, it feels like Josh Wallace has the lead there, fellas. He does, and Morian Walker can't afford to miss any practice time, right? And that's a problem. Uh, and I'm not saying it's his fault. Sometimes these things happen. There have been guys in the recent past who just sat out, you know, saying they had a hangnail or something like that, and it was better that they left. And uh, these guys here, uh, I have no doubt, based on the culture and and what these guys, how badly these guys want to play, and they know that they're in a dogfight for playing time. 
that if they're hurt, they're hurt, but it certainly hurts their chances to get on the field. So, and that's why I think number, that's number one. Number two, I just think Josh Wallace is probably the best option at this point. The guy's played a lot of football. He's tied at the hip with Mike Sainer still. You cannot be tied at the hip with a better guy than him in terms of learning the ropes and how to do things around here. A captain, you got one two-time captain most likely uh, with a three-time captain from UMass. Uh, these guys seem just like kindred spirits. So uh, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table because we know that Will Johnson's going to lock down one side of the field. We know that they've got great talent at safety, especially Rod Moore. Makari Page is underrated, as we've said. So uh, I think that's where this is headed. But you do want to see Amorian Walker get in there and get some reps because if that's his future, then let's see what he could do. Yeah, and I feel like I said this a little earlier too. Like I've always got the impression that the Amorian Walker experiment was going to be a little more of a slow burn. Mm -hmm. um, that might not even, you know, that's a that's a seed that might not even bear fruit this year. We don't know yet. Uh, but the way that you find out is by being on the field. And if you're not out there, and again, it's not his fault. It's a victim of circumstance. Uh, you can't get those reps. So it kind of turns this three horse ra three horse race into a two man race for now. And uh, you know, Wallace Wallace looks like he could be the guy. Um, sound, you know, I like the makeup. I like the, uh, I like obviously the experience. And, you know, I asked him that yesterday, is it kind of weird to be this, um, you know, this, you know, the most experienced guy in a position group, but also the newest guy in the room. And, uh, you know, that's going to be an interesting dynamic, but it seems like he's fit right in. I think that he'll be, uh, if nothing else, super solid. If he winds up starting on the other side of, uh, of Will Johnson. We'll see where it goes from there. Something I asked Josh Wallace yesterday was his strength as a corner, what he feels like he's best at. And he said, press man right now. He said, we did that a lot at UMass. I said, you don't have to tell us, you know, uh -huh. I mean, we, we know all about a Don Brown defense, but it'll be interesting. You know, he's going to have to play more zone. He'll be going up against better athletes. He said, it does feel a little bit different in practice. And I wouldn't say these Michigan receivers are elite. Now they, if these Michigan receivers were an opponent, like they are right now in practice, they'd probably still be one of the better cores that Josh Wallace and this Michigan secondary are going to face this year. But it's going to be interesting. Now, when you do play the better receivers, Penn State, Ohio State, Maryland, you know, I do think he'll have plenty of games under his belt in the Big Ten. So uh, that'll be interesting to follow, though, with him. But it does feel like it's his job right now. And as Jim Harbaugh said, which excited me on Tuesday because I've been saying it, they're at their best when Mike Sainer still – or Mikey Sainer still, excuse me. Mikey. Is at the nickel. Uh, and fun fact on on Mikey Sainer still is Mikey is spelled M-I-K-E. He's not Mike. We just found that out the other day from uh, they're putting the bios together over at MGO Blue. So, but yeah, I I, uh, I think you know that dynamic between those two and the fact that they become close has been important. Um, let's move over to punt and kick returner CB asking the question to Jim Harbaugh on Tuesday. The question that a lot of us have been wondering um, because. It's so wide open after you lose A.J. Henning, you know, Roman Wilson, kick returner uh, for you know part of last year. But Jim Harbaugh saying Mike Sainer still at punt returner. Mikey, excuse me. It's going to take a little bit of an adjustment. <laughs> Kalel Mullings and Donovan Edwards. He said Donovan Edwards is looking really good there. Not surprising. Kick returner, Kalel Mullings, Roman Wilson, Iman Dennis, and then the secret plan with Alex Orgy, who could be the greatest kick returner of all time. Uh, I want to talk about him specifically with a quick question to you guys in a minute, but punt returner, kick returner, those names, uh, you know, doesn't seem so bleak after AJ Henning left. 
No. Uh, you know what? And everybody's going to say, oh, my God, you can't put Donovan Edwards there. Well, how could you do that? He's going to get hurt. And, you know, I know what happened to Ronnie Bell, and that was a freak thing. That was a non-contact injury, guys. It could have been just as, you know what? It could have been just like catching a pass and turning it upfield. That's just the way it right. is. It happens. And the only other one that I remember at Michigan was Trip Wellborn on a punt return in Michigan Stadium at the end of his career. But you look around the country, guys, and your best athletes at all these places are – guys that are returning kicks and punts because it is a weapon and it is a third of the game, as they always say, the cliche. And if you can get something out of that to help you win a ball game, then you do it. And I think that, you know, as long as Blake Horam's healthy, um, yeah, even if he's, you know what, if, if he weren't healthy, then I'd say, no, you know what, you don't put Donovan and you don't put your starting running back up back there when there's that huge of a gap between number one and number two. But since you've got somebody else there already that, you know, is a Heisman candidate then then go for it. So uh, orgy that, you know, it remains to be seen. I do know when he's got that ball in his hands, that he is dangerous. We heard again at the scrimmage this weekend that he was really good again with the ball in his hands. They're going to use them in some different ways too, fellas. Uh, so keep an eye on that. And, but to me, uh, I think Roman Wilson could be great back there. Uh, you know what, get him up to speed as a kick returner and uh, maybe have Alex Orgy as your other guy back there. And that'd be fine. You know what, because he's, he'd be a big blocker if he didn't get the ball. So, um, and then I like I like the thought of Donovan Edwards there. I really do. My, my lasting memory of Mikey Sainer still returning a punt, I believe was that Penn state game when there was nobody in the stadium in 2020, I think it bounced off his knee and, Penn State recovered it and scored a touchdown. So uh, with all due respect to Mikey, who I love uh, as a defensive player, you know what? Uh, he's going to have to regain my trust there. You said with all due respect. With all due respect. <laughs> so I can say whatever the hell I want after that, yeah. right? Yeah, sure as heck can. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that you could have a 6'3", 235-pound kick returner that's just truck-sticking everyone is – the most Michigan and most Jim Harbaugh thing I could possibly imagine. And of course he says the key to all of it is ha making sure it's blocked. Well, which again is, I mean, yeah, that goes without saying, but um, it's fun to think about. And, and that's the thing with, um, you know, I won't park out on this too long, but Alex orgy to me just still remains so interesting because I don't know if he's a quarterback. Uh, we don't know if he's a kick returner. I, I don't know if he's a running back. Is he a linebacker? I don't know, but I can confidently say that, you know, whatever phase of the game you want to play him in, he's definitely one of your 11 best athletes. So finding a way to get him involved uh, again, and, and you don't, you know, you don't take, you don't take like valuable reps away from like a Blake Corum or a JJ McCarthy on the goal line, but I don't know, maybe you do too. I, I'm, I'm so fascinated to see with what they do with him. Cause um, yeah, it's uh, just another Jim Harbaugh football experiment. Based on what we heard in the scrimmage, keep your eyes open, guys. It's going to be pretty interesting. Okay. The last thing that both of you guys said leads in perfectly to my question. Is this Alex Orgy experiment potentially a kick returner, you know, maybe at the goal line or whatever, different ways they're going to use him? Is it the next Dan Valari, Taysom Hill type of thing? Is this a Jim Harbaugh experimenting, but once push comes to shove, we don't necessarily see it in games? I think you'll see him at different times and different places in games. You'll still see him as a wildcat quarterback at times. And then I think you will see him at other spots on the field other than just there and at kick return. I'll, that's all I'll say at this point. In, in When it counts? When it counts, 
against ECU or against, uh, you know what, maybe if he, if he does it against in these early sure. games and he shows that he can, for example, say he goes out there and, and you know, maybe say they throw a pass to him or something like that. And he shows some wiggle and he shows he can get open as a 230 pound receiver or something like that. Um, you know what, then you do what you take, you do what you can because he's a great athlete and you want him on that field. If he, if he can do that. So um, we'll see how it plays out, but I definitely think there, he will have a bigger role this year in a few different ways. Starting left tackle. You heard here first. <laughs> no, that will not. They had to put about 70 pounds on him in the next two and a half weeks. I don't think that's going to happen. As good as Ben Her- Herbert is, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, people forget Jim Harbaugh ran down on kickoffs as a rookie for the Chicago Bears in the NFL because he wanted to feel pain on Mondays again, and he wasn't <laughs> feeling that as a backup quarterback. So, um, you know, feels like Alex Ord, you might have some of that in him as well, even though he, you know, seems like he wants to stick at quarterback. Uh, some quick hitters to close us out. Depth chart risers, starting with Carson Barnhart, who apparently is the best tackle so far during fall camp. This complicates things because, you know, if Ladarius Henderson's good enough to start on the left side, you can move Carson to the right side. And the two guys battling there may not win the job. Um, but Carson Barnhart, I know, uh, Chris, you said, a little bit leery of him there. I agree with you. Um, and frankly, I'd be, I'm a little bit weary about Ladarius Henderson because he hasn't necessarily established himself there at this point too. And that could change and, and you know, it'll go into the season, but your guys thoughts on Barnhart. Yeah. I like him as my starting right tackle. Cause I know what he can do there. I like him as an interior guy. Do I like him at left tackle? That remains to be seen. Uh, I love the kid as an offensive lineman. I think that he brings t- a ton to the table. But that is a that's a tall order, fellas, um, you know, for a guy that's not a natural at that position. We, and again, I've said we've seen it. John Runyon did it. And now he's a guard in the NFL. So uh, and he looks like he's in great shape. I think Barnhart came back. He's healthier than he was last year. I think he had some back issues last year, you know, without going into too much detail that slowed him a little bit. So but I do think he's one of their best five linemen. And if that means he plays left tackle, then that's what it means. But I do know that they recruited Ladarius Henderson to be the left tackle. And we're hopeful about it. So, um, but man, you got guys like Miles Hinton in there, who I think is going to be an absolute stud if he puts it all together. He's a huge human being. So uh, it's up to Sharon Moore to make it work. And as Trevor Keegan said the other day, he said, you know, we'll get there. So it takes time to build that chemistry. He said, I'm so used to Ryan Hayes being on one side and Olu on the other side of me. But, you know, he said, we'll build that chemistry. We'll get there. And like you said, right now, the D line is ahead of the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I know I know the going theory is that three offensive line spots have been up for grabs. Uh, I really think it's just the two because I think mm-hmm. that your best five does include Barnhart at one of those tackle spots. So, again, I'm with Chris. I think the best version of him is probably at right tackle, and then you know the next best version would be kicking inside to guard if there's an injury somewhere. Which you know, knock on wood, you're not hoping for that. But uh, I think he's capable. Um, you know, they've had some. They they can make it work if they need to, but. Um, you know, the fact that, like you said, Clay, the fact that Ladarius Henderson hasn't kind of come in and it's not, you know, maybe it's not entirely his fault, but just maybe he hasn't quite hit the ground running like we thought he might, um, you know, that's something else to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, we talked about Josh Wallace would say he probably, uh, rose up Christian Dixon pushing for two deep status, but the freshman wide receivers, uh, that get mentioned first by Sharon Moore on BTN and then Jim Harbaugh asked about the wide receivers every other position he was reading the depth chart from the top down this he says first I want to start with the with the freshmen uh, and then he goes into detail about those guys 
maybe a motivational ploy a little bit to some of the other guys, especially the ones banged up. But your guys' thoughts on these guys coming in impressive? That was the first thing I was going to say because last year we heard about the freak show uh, trio of receivers, you know, and I think Tyler Morris is the guy who's ahead of those three. And I don't think anybody would have predicted that last year coming off the knee injury that he, at this point in his career he'd be ahead of Darius Clemens and Amore and Walker, who is now a cornerback. But, um, yeah, I think Darius Clemens um, – is a guy you know who needs to step up now. Okay, you're you're a sophomore, and it's going to hurt him if he's not out there getting the reps. When Jim Harbaugh said these three guys are better than anybody he's seen getting out of in and out of breaks that Michigan's had, all three of them, you know, is that the is that you know akin to the three freak show remark last of last year? Who knows? But it's exciting because I know that Frederick Moore. I know they loved him. They were trying to hide him. Is what Ron Bellamy told me. He said, you know what, we didn't want to lose him. Um, to somebody else because we knew he was underrated. So he's really a four-star guy, and it's playing out that way. Yeah, and I think the thing with Clemens too, and I, I'm trying so I've tried so hard, you know, over the last few weeks to not turn him into a lightning rod. But you know, I think there was kind of a message sent this week in terms of, you know, listen, if you're going to play college football at this level, um, you have to you have to play through the bumps and the bruises sometimes. And, and I know that. You know, everyone wants to be as close to 100% as they can this time of year, but it's a physical game, and there's a lot that you kind of have to fight through. So um, I buy that the, the these freshmen are, um, you know, are have come in and done well. I mean, I've only seen Samaj Morgan uh, play in person prior to playing at Michigan, and um, I, the dude's just a gamer, and it doesn't surprise me that, you know, someone like that comes in and is making a push early on. But, um, you know, lost in the shuffle is that, um, Christian Dixon is kind of slowly, I won't say coming on, but he's been a factor too. So, um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to happen for a guy like, uh, for, for some of these guys to hit the field. But the fact that you see freshmen, uh, or you hear that freshmen are taking reps with the ones and the twos, uh, that's always eyes eye opening. Cause that's a tough position to play unless you're, you know, a five-star type of guy. And you know, also why I think this is a motivational ploy too, is Christian Dixon, one of Jim Harbaugh's reasons for him being up there was that he's always available. He said your best available or your best ability is availability, classic line. But um, and, and good for Christian Dixon too, uh-huh. um, you know, because he's he's waited around and you know by all accounts he's been a hard worker. But I just thought that was uh, very interesting. And as we know, Jim Harbaugh says things for different reasons at different times. Few others, real quick. Uh, seems like sophomore. Tight end Marlon Klein. I know Grant Newsom talked about him coming into camp. Like he's in that group right now that's playable. It seems like you've seen some pictures, video him in uh, with the ones at times. Jaden Hood is a guy who probably in the two deep at this point. And then Keon Saab seems like has taken a pretty big step as well. So you, Jesse Minter talks about wanting to be deeper on defense, wanting to be healthy at the end of the year. I think specifically Hood and and Saab could really help. Yeah, I think Rolder, uh, Jimmy Rolder and I think Matt Hibner have actually missed a little bit of time. So um, I think that maybe explains some of it, too, because I'd heard good things about Rolder coming out of uh, summer. So, um, again, best best ability is availability. So right. and if you aren't practicing, somebody else is. And again, not taking anything away from these guys, especially if they're seriously injured. But um, you know what? Sometimes you got to play through some pain. Yeah, and it's not to say that they aren't like that. Uh-uh. I mean, it, it might be the fact that they just can't be out there or right. something happened on a 100%. certain day. You know, you go down one day and another guy has a great practice. All of a sudden, you know, things shift there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, good that there's competition everywhere because like we said, there there are so many, 
like we know what this team is for the most part, but the fact that, you know, you want those guys on the second and third teams to keep kind of battling out because if you need them to come in, they got to be ready to play. So um, the fact that most of these battles are taking place, you know, kind of on the lower parts of the depth chart, I think is uh, I think that does make this team stronger. No doubt. That is going to be our show for today. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like the video, hit that thumbs up button. If you're excited for the season, that should mean thousands of likes. If you're excited for this football season, unless you're a Michigan state fan lurking, then maybe not so much subscribe button as well. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, head to the Wolverine.com for all of your Michigan football, basketball, recruiting coverage, and we will see you next time.